Hey everybody, it's Tuesday, so you know what that means? It's time for TV Tuesday. Spirekin's podcast where we talk about all things television. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. And we're back for a really fun-filled episode because more importantly than the fact that we're talking about a series finale or a season finale of one show, we're actually going to be adding another TV show to this. Yay! Yay! Well, not really. We're not doing episode by episode. We're actually going to be covering half the series, then we'll do the other half in another episode because it's one which is kind of, well... Different. But anyway, if you want to check out any of our earlier television Tuesday episodes, you can check them out at www.spirekin.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. And, well, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me personally at zan, that's X-A-N, at spirekin.com. So let's actually get to it, shall we? Because I'm really excited for some of the things that are going on so far. You know? So let's do it. So... We're going to start off with our usual order. We go through our basic episodes, and then we're going to finish just talking basics about it. No spoilers. Then after the credit music, we talk about... Spoilers! And all the actual thoughts we have. So let's actually get to it with our first one, which is Dancing! With the stars! Yes. uh, We are now into week six of this very addictive competition, which is on its 29th season. This is... Week 6 of season 29, that's a long time, and that's not including the original series, which has like a bajillion seasons, so, yeah. But anyway, so this season we are down to our top 11, and they systematically are getting rid of each one of them, and then to top it off to fill in time, because they're down to 11 for two hours, they actually had one of the judges who was a former dancer and a, what was it, mirror ball winner? Multiple mirror ball winner. Because that's their big, that's what you win. That's the trophy. But he's won it like six, seven times. But they had him do a dance with his girlfriend. Yeah, so they, and they usually have like the professionals go up and do a dance at some point. But I know they're trying to social distance. So it was cool that they had Derek do it with um, with his girlfriend. Because obviously they've been in contact with each other since COVID started. And let's be honest, uh, the first half is you don't, it's like, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good. Then they show up and it's like... And you're like, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, the the people who had to follow them, I felt really bad for because you saw every single flaw, every single error. And actually... I mean, like, you're watching these um, stars, you know, the Dancing with the Stars. You're watching the stars and you're like, wow, they're really good. Wow, they're naturally talented because they're already dancers. And then when you really see it, you're like, oh, okay. Um, A for effort, guys. Good job. Nice try. But let's let the professionals do it. Yes. And this was the let the professionals do it. It really was. And there were some highlights and some low points in this episode. And you had a great group of casting members this year. And this part, there's like three that I personally don't like. And they're sticking around, and it's kind of pissing me off because I should hate them, but they're good. Yeah, like they've been doing well. Like they're with their horrible dances. people, but they're dancing really well. So it's like it feels rough to see them still sticking around. And then other people who I really do enjoy, they're not doing their top best. They're oh. trying. And you had music all over the gambit. The shocking, most shocking one is that Nelly actually did the Viennese waltz to Tim McGraw. and at That first, is a sentence you never thought was going to be said out loud and be true. Let's just say it again. Nelly did a Viennese waltz to a Tim McGraw song. And you're like, wait, what? Because first, Viennese waltz, that's like the most... That is the dance that you see in all... That's the, the princess dance, you know? That's the big dance. First off. Second off, it's Nelly. Multiple Grammy-winning Nelly, who's known for rapping, dancing to Tim McGraw country. But then you think about it and you remember that, one, he's from Austin, Texas. So country is kind of uh, like a guilty pleasure for him. But more importantly, he did a collab with Tim McGraw back in the day. He was the first one to do it before the whole, take my horse and ride. I hate that song. But it was a collab. Which I had forgotten. And- I totally remember it in the moment when they were like playing it, but... But it's a good, uh, it was a, gr- a scene that you didn't ever expect to see. 
Um, you had uh, Vernon and Peter dancing the celebration, which kind of works because all of his stuff has always been kind of, well, old school dancing, and it's cool in the gang. You had Sky and and who doesn't like cool in the yep. gang? You had Sky and Alan, well, Sky looking like she is out of a J-pop video, dancing to Doja Cat uh, with Nicki Minaj in Say So, and she was dancing the Cha Cha Cha. Like that song is not for Cha Cha Cha. That's a contemporary song. That's a, a rumba, a salsa, not cha-cha-cha. That's my thing. Uh, you had Neve dancing th- to Good Vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch by Mark Wahlberg. You had uh, John... Which is cute because like in in the show, it shows his pro dancer. And she's like, oh yeah, M- Marky Mark. And he goes, yeah, you know, who knows? He was like, my favorite... Uh, Wahlberger. She's like, wait, what? Mark Wahlberg is Marky Mark? And she didn't make that connection till then. Yep. <laughs> so he's like, wait, you knew Marky Mark and you knew about Mark Wahlberg. You just didn't know they were the same person. Yeah. I actually equate them as successful Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, who's a has-been, is Marky Mark. That's how I equate them. Except he wasn't a has-been in Good Vibrations. That's a whole other thing. Um, you had AJ Styles dancing to Mijente. Which that was, it's Mi Gente. It's by Jay Balin and it was Willie great. Williams. It's he's doing a samba. You had Justina and Sasha dancing the Vietnamese waltz to "She's Always a Woman" by Billy Joel, which I kind of was like, that's weird, but whatever. And then the one which I'm just like, eh, Caitlin, I don't like her. I think she's a horrible person. But she danced the samba to "Sorry" by The Bieber. Apparently, she's a huge Bieber fan. Oh, she's a believer. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, I had a boss who was really into Justin Bieber. That's kind of creepy. Uh, especially back when Bieber was like a teeny bopper. Yeah. But I will say that it's getting interesting in the show because everybody's doing pretty well. It's like little stupid mistakes that are happening on the moment which are causing problems. That's- but there's now starting to get nitpicky. But then when you, again, when you see the professionals... Go yeah. do it. You're like... You're like, yeah, you, you get it. Because at first you're like, oh, Derek, he's just a, a mean, grouchy guy. Then you see him dancing, you're like, no, he's like invested his life in this. He knows his stuff and it's flawless. So, yeah. And if he made a mistake, we didn't notice. He's probably beating himself up afterwards. <laughs> like, watch him like, damn it, I did this wrong. Yeah, he did not make a mistake. And Tyra Banks was... Pretty good. She changed once, I think, in the episode. And then the the other two hosts... Bruno and... No, they're not hosts, they're judges. Sorry, judges, Bruno and Miss Anabe. And Miss Anabe were a little... Christi- were, were happy in this episode. Christiane Anaba. Yes, they were very happy in this episode. They did a good job, I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But yeah, this was worth watching. It's it's still entertaining. It's still good. It's not as boring. Uh, I'm excited for next week because next week is Villains Night. That's what they're doing for Halloween. So I'm into it. I'm ready for it. Bring on the villains. We're going to see. Um, after that, you have double elimination night, which means that next week there isn't going to be an elimination. True. Or is there going to be an elimination? I don't know. Interesting. But we're going to have to wait and see. Because... Wait a minute. I just realized there's no Dancing with the Stars this week. No! Oh, that's why there's a double elimination, because they skip a oh, week. Wait, no, no, no. What are we talking about? No, what are we talking about? No, no. Dancing with the Cyrus was last night. Never mind. I'm going senile. Yeah. I'm an old man. Anyway, so let's talk about the other stuff. So next one we're talking about is the new show that we're talking about, which is one that was created by Paul Zibizu... 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 Is there a pronunciation? No, there is not. Zibizuwinski. Uh-huh. Him. Zibizuwinski, I think. Paul Zibizuwinski. Uh, he's a guy that worked as a writer on The Weakest Link. You are The Weakest Link. Goodbye. He also worked on one episode of Lost and a couple of other things. He's been floating around. But he was tasked by Hulu to adapt a Marvel comic to the screen because they were because originally Marvel TV what they were going to do is they're going to start a new brand which was into the adventure into fear which was all of the more darker heroes so you're going to have a Ghost Rider show you're going to have this you're going to have a bunch of other B and D list characters that no one ever thinks about 
in the in the TV universe and they maybe blended into the Marvel universe. However, in October of last year, Marvel TV finally combined with Marvel Studios. So now everything's under one roof. And what does that mean? Well, all of their old TV shows were canceled. Womp womp. So everything has been canceled. Some stuff's going to show up on the Disney Plus app. We have WandaVision coming out. We have um, She-Hulk, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and a bunch of other shows are happening. I'm excited about She-Hulk. And they're going to be good. But this one, unfortunately, was already in the pipe to be made. So they said, we're going to just finish this off with one season of this show, which was essentially Marvel's answer to Constantine. To Constantine. And we're talking about Hellstorm, or Hellstrom. And this is based off of two comics. You have uh, Damon Hellstrom, Son of Satan, and uh, Satana, who is a major character. They are the, uh, or in this series, she's known as Anna. Uh, it's starring Tom Austin, Sidney Lemon, Elizabeth Marvel in a very creepy role. I think all she's going to play from now on is crazy old ladies. Which... Could be good. And then Robert Wisdom and June Carol and Alan Uyi. And the ten episodes, we watched the first five. And the premise of this, they've gotten rid of all of the Marvel aspects of this. If I didn't know this was a Marvel comic and I didn't know the certain characters, I would think this is just a B or C grade, like, supernatural TV show. That's kind of where I was coming from. There's, like, very little references to the Marvel Universe. The only thing I saw was in the second episode, they're passing a Roxanne billboard. That's it. And that's when you jumped out of your chair and was like, Roxanne, that's it. And I was sitting here like, yeah, Roxanne. It's that. And then, of course, we have um, Robert Wisdom playing Caretaker, who the last time he was shown in any live-action medium was in Ghost Rider, but he was played by... The great actor Sam Elliott, who most people know from The Big Lebowski as the Wandering Stranger. So, how to explain Hellstrom? Hellstrom, it's about a pair of siblings who their mom is in a psychiatric institute and they have mystical powers. And we find out over time that the older of the two, Damien, he is an ethics professor who's now an exorcist who... Essentially, he's trying to get his mom to be fixed because she's apparently possessed. I mean, we find out that he's an exorcist in like the first... Five minutes of the episode. Yeah. And he's not a people person. Because he goes and this kid is acting crazy and he's like, nah, kid, you're not you're not possessed. Just trust me. Clean this shit off the wall, literally. And do your... And apologize to your parents. This is expensive. And then he shows him his powers and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> the kid's like... The kid shapes up. Yeah. And so he's helping out his adopted mother, who's played by um, uh, Jane Caron, who's the head of the Psychiatric Institute. She's a former nun. She's no longer a nun. And she's assisted by Gabriella Rossetti, who's an agent of the Vatican, who's a nun who is the no-nonsense, essentially the agent Scully of the pair. Yeah, she's supposed to be, like, skeptical. She's beyond skeptical. She is... A rule Nazi and kind of unlikable. She's really unlikable. Oh, see, no, I didn't... It takes four episodes to, to kind of warm up to her. I didn't think she was that bad. She was pretty bad. Well, in the first episode at the end, we're kind of like, okay, she could be a normal person. I, th- I just thought she was the goody two-shoes girl that was, like, figuring it out the ropes. Well. Which is kind of what she is. Kind of, but I just wasn't a fan of her. You just don't like her. I didn't like her. And then you have his younger sister, uh, Damien's younger sister, Anna Hellstrom. So Damien and Anna. Anna uh, runs an auction house, which in reality she uses to hunt people who hurt people because she's empathic. Uh, Yeah. Also, let's throw in the fact that they're... So what's empathic mean? I've seen it. But she's able to... That's a new term for me. Is that like a... She can feel people's feelings and she's able to find bad people. And what she does is she... Yeah, she uses, touches people and can tell if they're bad or not. And when they're bad, or she does horrible they, things to them. Yeah. Like, like, they deserve it. But it's not like... Like, are, do you get mad at a serial killer if he only kills other serial killers? That's a situation. She is essentially Dexter. 
Mm-hmm. She is Dexter. And the reason why she does this is because her father, who in this series is a serial killer, not a demon. Well, it turns out he is a demon, but he's a serial killer who took her with him because she's his favorite. And would give her, if he went away on quote-unquote business trips, presents. And so this is them dealing with a huge overarching plot, and the overarching plot plods along. It takes a while for this show to get going. And it's, like, interesting. It's interesting, but it's slow, and it's not, like, it's not Monster of the Week, which I'm kind of happy about, but it's not, it's, like, compared to Daredevil and Luke Cage and... Jessica Jones and Defenders, this is not that. This is not that good. It's There's uh, a whole different world that you should be interested in, it should be engaging and intriguing. But But it turns out that it's like Harry Potter, like just on the surface of your world and everything that you thought you knew is this whole other world that turns out you didn't know. You did you didn't know. But it's not I don't find it like like I grabbing. Hate, I hate supernatural. But I'd rather watch that than this show. I'm going to finish it, but it's like like Dean and uh, the Winchester brothers, you like, they're compelling and interesting. Like Damien is an asshole and he gets, he like lights up a little bit, but he's still an asshole. And Anna, like they say, oh, she's, she acts amazing in this. Uh, Sydney Lemon acts great in this, but she's not like redeemable. I, it's just. And we're not going to somehow go- I feel empathy for her and I know I'm like not supposed to, but I do No, you can feel some empathy because of all the crap that she went through. But I mean, before that four episodes in, it takes to get to like, to know what's going on in her head, but she's still just horrible. You know, when you find that she does bad things and then she's completely unsympathetic to it, it's like, yeah, I do this every day. You help me kill, help me get rid of a body. <laughs> He's like, so do you do this often? She's like, well, that's what my other guy's for, and my lackey. Yeah, the lackey who's currently missing, and <laughs> well, so yeah. So, out of our rating system that we came up with for this, it's not binge worthy. It's it feels. It's not even have have it on in the background. See, for me, it's a have it on in the background. Actually, have it on yeah, the background. yeah, it's have it on in the background because it's not. It's make not, dinner, do some laundry. Yeah, it's just have it on in the background while you do other things, and maybe you could check in on some stuff. Um, to make this better, three things. One, if you're going to use the son of Satan, you're going to use the actual Damien Hellstrom, the real one. What you have to do is you have to go balls to the walls in. You have to show him. Looking flamboyant, being charismatic with the cape and the trident, and just he can't be. He just looks like one of the Winchesters. You gotta do something to establish that this is Marvel, because it's a Marvel property. Even if it's an homage to it, and there is no homage to it, it's not like any of the other ones. Like Cloak and Dagger was in a real world, but it was Cloak and Dagger. True. And yeah, at first that he's using a hoodie, but if it's cloak and dagger, and you get him with the original costume at one point, in the Runaways, early on you establish and each of the characters were likable. I mean, you had Gertie who had the who has the the Raptor. You have uh, Chase who his dad is super mean to him, and you you get a feeling for Chase. You have Alex who his parents are just mobsters. Yes. And you, each of the characters, you're able to get it. And Molly, you get that she's super powered and she's, she's interested and she finds her powers fun. Everyone else is kind of horrified by their powers. But she's like, yeah, I have super strength. And no one believed her. This is like, but this one to me is, and I agree, I hear you. And this one to me is, who's possessed? The Vatican's involved. But is it Satan? Is it not Satan? Um... Is the mom still really the mom? Has she ever been the mom? Like, how far down the rabbit hole are we going with this? Yeah. And are you trying to tell me that that bipolar people or people with multiple personalities are just possessed? That that it's there's no conclusive thing with this, and I don't like that. Like in DC's Constantine, the the TV show, one Matt's 
Matt Smith is amazing in that show. He's charismatic as Constantine. And he's an asshole, but you're like, you're, you're an asshole, but we like you. And each episode, it delved into the magical world and the demon world, but you're like, it made sense. There were rules that were constant. This one, the rules go all over the place. There's no established lore to it. There's no, like, here's how this works. It's uh, The only thing we know is prayer doesn't work, and the one constant is that if they get exercise, they just go back in the merry-go-round. It's They go through the still, and they just got to pay their toll to go back in. So, yeah, this one's... A Which is like... It totally makes sense, but it's sad to think about. Yeah, uh, we're not going to spoil too much about this because it's new and just in general. But anyway, let's get to a show which is actually worth talking about, shall we? The season slash series finale for Lovecraft Country. We're talking about we're talking about episode ten of season one, re, uh, full circle, directed by Nelson McCormick, and this. Totally did come full circle. Which they needed to do. You can't leave yes. stuff unresolved. It's not nice and, and mean. And while there were some elements of this episode that were not 100% satisfying, there were some things that were like, really, you went that route? It did leave a nice conclusion to the show with a potential kind of opening for potential what's going there, on. Maybe. And I, in my mind... If they do a second season, which I think they should, in my mind, if they do a second season, it's gonna, it's going to, and should feel like a spinoff. I honestly feel like they. This is one of those shows that actually they should leave it alone. It's good, and you, you're at the high point. Yeah, but you leave it. Don't. Go and on. I feel like they did. They wrapped it up, and that's it. Leave it. The next season. No, don't do a next season. Leave it alone. That's where I put this at. Leave it, because. We do not need another Game of Thrones Season 7. Right? Yeah, but I don't think this is Game of Thrones Season 7. They're no longer... The the, the book. The original book is done. They can't... If right. They go in, they're going to fuck it up. They're going to be like, we're going to make up our own shit. And they're going to fuck yeah, it up. Yeah, but there's anime that we watch that, that has continued on after the manga stopped. No, a lot of them, what they do is they, they pass for the manga because the manga is still coming out. And they pass for like saying, we don't know what to do. And then you get what's called filler arcs. We don't need filler arcs with this. This show was great. For me, it's like, and I'm not, oh, I'm still going to get roasted on this. I'm not comparing this to Pride and Prejudice. But I love Pride and Prejudice, and I want more. But I don't want Pride and Prejudice Part 2. So instead, I get Death Comes to Pemberley. It's still the same characters. It's just a spinoff in a different direction. Anyway, that's so, where that's what I want. So, long story short, this episode has awesome. It's everything I wanted. Has led to the culmination of what's going on, and ironically, is not the strongest episode. For it's me. not the strongest episode in the series. It leads up to everything. It's been building up to what's going on with Tick and uh, Christina, the Braitwife family. I have things to say, but I'm waiting for the spoilers. So, yeah, we're gonna get to that in a bit. So, this is definitely worth watching and a great ending. This is like, stop what you're doing and watch this. Yeah. Uh, it's a little... It's not as gory as some of the previous episodes. No, I was able to like watch the whole thing. Like, the only gore involves the end of the episode. There might have been a couple jump scares that I... Well, that wasn't really a jump scare, though. It was... You knew it was coming, but then there was a, a twist in it. But it's... Oh, no. There was a couple, like, slightly gory. Eh. But With, like, blood, special blood effects. So this one's a really, really, really... In our rating, it's a really, really, really fucking cool. It is. It really is. It's a great, it's a great show. We'll talk spoilers after, after the credits. After the credits. So now let's get to our last show, the one which is the most debated about and talked about. Who is that? Boo-doo-boo-doo-boo. It's the Mass Singer. Mass Singer. Week four. And first off, I did not... I knew... Two of the songs that were coming out, which is kind of insane. What do you mean you know two of the songs coming I out? I knew two of the songs that they were playing or singing. That was it. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you did not know a lot of those songs. Yeah, I'm usually, because I'm an audiophile. I worked in music stores. I love music. I listen to a, a podcast that talks about the top 40 songs in the US and the UK. And I love music. And while I have some issues with some music, I like when I know the songs. And the songs were... 
for the most part, this week was lackluster songs. But I like when they sing songs I didn't know before. No, if it's a good song, but if it's a song that I don't know it, I don't. It's I'm not invested as much. And if it's a song I know and it's really well done, I'm gonna enjoy it. But so this week we had Serpent, Crocodile, Baby Alien, Whatchamacallit, and Seahorse, and we found out that Whatchamacallit they have to comb for like three hours to get all of the stuff out. Yeah, because it's like a highly synthetic, massive wig. And also we've got emails from people who've been a- answering the question from last week, and they're they're tied on it. Some say it's fins. Some say it's a, a skirt. It's a coral skirt, and no, it is awesome, no. and I want one. They say it's a, some say it's fins. So, okay, well. But anyway, so we. Have, if you've ever been underwater and looked at coral, you'll know the right answer. So we had um, seahorse singing. My heart will go on. Uh, we which had, is not one of my favorite songs, but I thought seahorse killed it. We had Whatchamacallit singing uh, Moneymaker. We had Baby Alien singing It's Time by Imagine Dragon. Crocodile singing Toxic. Uh, Serpent singing The Bones by Marin Morris. And they went all over the place. Also guest host and returning from last week. Is your favorite parson, person ever. I will say though that it was really funny to see him coming out dressed exactly like... Uh, Nick Cannon. Yeah, that was like the best. <laughs> that was the best part of it. He comes out dressed up exactly like Nick Cannon, wearing the same clothes, same shoes. But knockoff. The stupid turban, and it just was... No, he didn't have a turban. But the the other thing was, every week you do something dim- different with the gimmick. It's, oh, it'll come out on the, the answer train, or it's going to be a toy, or this, or it's like something for your cell they, phone. They, they did the train for quite some time. This one was fun because it had... A drone! No, it didn't have... This one had the kids stuff because it showed them... Oh, that's right. Pictures of them as children. of the, Not the singers, the actual people as children. And the costumes. Seeing all of them look as... Like Nick Cannon and seeing... Um, uh, Nick Cannon. Ken, Ken Jong and Nicole Scherzinger and... And Nick Cannon had a bow tie on. No, the funniest one is that you, Robin Thicke looks exactly like Robin Thicke. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, Jenny McCarthy looked like they took a picture of her when she was not even like four. So you couldn't even tell it was her. Oh, you can tell it was her. It's the same smile. No. But it was, it was adorable and cute and interesting. But this one... Um... The ending was... I swear I can open one of my yearbooks and find somebody look, that looked like Ken Jong. Yeah. No, definitely. Ken Jong looks like Ken Jong. He didn't age. But what I will say is that the episode was kind of lackluster. It's, my, I think, the weakest episode of the season for music. And there was a couple that... Well, the one that got knocked out was... Spoiler alert! Rough. But anyway, so yeah, worth watching. We're excited for this week because this week we're going to be getting... This is just a fun show. It's it's silly. It's ridiculous. Because this funny. week is we're getting the we're getting the group C premiere. Yes. And according to some little slight spoilers, the new group we're going to be getting is broccoli, jellyfish, the lips, the squiggly monster, and the mushroom. Because the mushroom's a fun guy. Oh, that's a girl, actually. So har har har. <laughs> I think it is. Maybe she's looking for a fun guy. Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah. So that's that's it for this episode. Uh, for the non-spoiler part, if you want to hear spoilers, wait for After the Music, and we'll talk about that then. So have a nice day. I'm Zan. I'm Greta. Keep watching TV. Have a nice day.
Spoiler time! Woohoo! So let's start off with Mass Singer. And yeah, this is the section of the podcast where we talk about the spoilers. And with Mass Singer, obviously we're going to talk about the fact that it was Mark Sanchez who was kicked out as the baby alien. And he's like a friend of Robin Thicke. That wasn't the thing. Like, I had to scratch my brain to remember who Mark Sanchez was because he's a retired. And, 90210. And, no, he's an NFL player. Oh. <laughs> he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's someone that, like, you would not expect. The fact that. Edit out the 90210. The sad thing is that he's younger than us. Of course he is. He's younger than us. But NFL players, they, they play so hard that. Their life expectancy for the actual time play is low. He played for a couple. So there, there are young, retired football players because the, the, your body can only handle so much. He played from 2005 to 2008, which makes sense because that was not the time I was even attempting to watch football. Even though he was, he was part of the New York Jets, so I should have known something. But anyway, uh, yeah, so... Not really. But you shouldn't have known he sang. No, he did not sing. He did a good Borat voice. He was singing. Eh, he was okay. He did good for... He did good for a football player. He did great for a football player. It just was this week, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, and But it's not that bad until you hear a really great singer and then you're like, oh yeah. It's, not it's like Dancing with the Stars all it's over again. It's not Mickey Rourke bad. It's a, no, Mickey Rourke is. But like, Mickey Rourke knew it. He was all like, "Yeah, f this. I'm taking my helmet off. I'm not gonna wait to be voted." Yeah. So, but it was just, I don't know. But he was okay, not great. No, no, he was terrible. Um, you had uh, what you call it? Who last week? Last time we saw him, he had a great diction singing um, "I Wish" by Skilo. This week with Moneymaker, no. If people had voted, it was either he, Here's my thing, he was going to go, or it was going to be Mark Sanchez, was gonna, or Baby Alien was going to go. I thought the judges handled it really well. They didn't say, obviously, you're a horrible singer. That's just really bad. You know, instead, they got up, and they shook their booties, and they enjoyed the song as if it's like your friend at karaoke. You're like, have another drink. Don't listen to how bad it is. Just enjoy the song and move on. Pretty, that's a good. That's a good way to describe it. So I thought that was fun. And I thought that I like, I feel like the judges are nice. They're not, they're They're, always complimentary. They find something to like be nice about. They're better than uh, Derek and Bruno and uh, yes. What's her name? Like they're just having fun with it. That's what you get when you get a couple comedians up there. Like they're going for it. Yeah. They're having fun with this. Uh, Crocodile did an amazing job. Yeah. And it was weird hearing him sing Toxic because Toxic is it felt, such a girl song. It felt like such a, it, yes, 100%. It felt like such a postmodern jukebox moment where you're like, wait a second, I know this song. Why do I know this song? And then you're like, oh my goodness. You're singing Toxic. It's Britney. Yeah. And then Seahorse, um, she's good. She's really good. I think she's good. She's not as good as the sun, but she's. I've good. never, I never really thought Jessica Simpson was that amazing of a singer, but I think you think it's Jeff, Jessica. I think Simpson. it's Jessica Simpson, and I did not, and I think it's like reaching. And if it's Jessica Simpson, and I'm right, then I'm, I'm gonna be like, you know what? She's been working. Good for her. Part of me thinks that uh, Serpent is uh, Davy Diggs, who is the main character from uh, Snowpiercer. Because oh. he was in Hamilton. Okay. And he's an accomplished singer on Broadway, so I'm like, I think he could he could do it. It makes sense. And, and I, he's just like not known for it necessarily. No, he's, he's known for he's it. He's known for it, but he's not like He's not big. He's big not a recording artist. No, he's he's Broadway. Yeah. Broadway and now he's getting into acting. So it could be him. And I'm I'd be excited if it's him. Uh whatchamacallit, I have no idea. Um I do like that with whatchamacallit. Uh, Ken John is being a little more like serious about it, like saying we actually agree with your your statement makes sense. It's not you're being crazy. And then Joe Hale being annoying. Anyway, so that's our thoughts of that. This one is uh, definitely borrow a friend's account and stream it. It's good. It wasn't great. I for me this is like 
I take my work hat off. I watch this. I enjoy it. I'm not thinking about, I'm not multitasking. I'm not doing anything else. I'm like, just enjoying the show. So you think this is a worth watching once with a glass of your favorite liquor? Yes. Yes. Okay. This is worth watching once for you. Yeah. I'll say that too. This week's was worth watching. So our new ratings, by the way, are if it's amazing, it's really, really, really fucking cool. If it's really good, but there's a small error, it's going to be binge it on a friend's account. Uh, middle of the ground, worth watching once with a glass of your favorite liquor. Then it's going to be have it on the background while you do something else. And then last and not least, please please cancel the series. This one is not that bad. It's This one is... It's enjoyable. It's, you, you watch it while you have something to drink this episode. But I, I can't... I don't like rewatch these episodes. Yeah, like this episode, like you can't rewatch, but it's, it's a one and done. Yeah, but anyway, so let's get on to the next one. Next, we have Lovecraft Country. Holy shit. Uh, uh, first off, what's our highest rating? Uh, this is really, really, really fucking cool. Yes. But in, in the grand scheme of things, in the series, this is, I think it's in the middle of the series. Like this would be seven out of 10 or six out of 10. There I are agree. Stronger episodes. There are stronger episodes, but it, by no means does that mean that this is a weak episode. It's just that there have been such great episodes on this. So where we open up in this episode, they have returned from their travel to the past, and D is comp- well. They need to get uh, they need to get uh, the use open up the book of names in order to get. A spell to save D because we see D and D is looking back to like Mopsy and Topsy again, and she looks pretty bad. Like her mouth looks like it slid open. Sorry, Mopsy There's and like she has the creepy hair and she's got the smeared red lipstick going on. It's like bad. It's scary. And what we remembered is that um, that uh, great grandma. Uh, I think her name was uh, what was great grandma's name. Uh, well, anyway, the great-grandmother, she told Letty, you need to read this spell before you open up the book of names. Mm-hmm. And so she reads the book and uh, the spell. So does Tick, and they both drop unconscious. And they're actually brought into the book. It's similar to, like, if you watch Thundercats, Lionel being brought into the Book of Omens, which is actually a really cool thing. It's, it's almost an alternate world, which is like a training world. And he ends up talking to his great his great 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 ancestor, the one who is actually the reason, the one who stole the book and ran out of the house, the burning house. Yeah, so his his truly old ancestor, who I think was named, I want to say Harriet, but it's not Harriet. It's uh, hold on, I will look at my cheat sheet. Um, I don't have it written here. It is missing. But anyway. So you have her telling him that this fire that's around them, at first she was afraid it was the fire that was burning, but that's actually her hate for... And if you look, it's burning backwards. Yeah. And it's her hate for for uh, Birthright, the person who raped her and was a horrible person. That's why she stole the book. And she explains to him that this will help save us all. It's going to come in a cost. It's like you can save so much more. It's not the end. It's the beginning Mm -hmm. of a new thing. So she's kind of telling him at that point that he's going to do something amazing with this. It's going to, you're going to use you to power the spell. But she's telling him he's going to have to sacrifice himself for this. And meanwhile, Letty is being taught a spell to fix things by the great grandmother and also explain that it's your job to take care of the next generation. You have to protect the book. That's your job, because you're the next matriarch. Yep. And then from there, we actually have Tick meet Dora, who we haven't... We've only seen in flashbacks and in pictures. And that scene is so... Kind of heartbreaking. It's really well done, the way that Tick grabs onto her, like, mama. Yeah. Like, he hugs her, and then when they she says... Sit down on the couch. Let me look at you. And immediately... He just falls into her lap. And it's like... And he's crying. And she holds him like she has held him her his entire life. And he says, he's like, Mama, I don't want to die. And she breaks it down for him what he needs to do. Yeah. And from there, they learn the spells they need to fix everybody. And they do the spell to save uh, D, uh, Diana. 
And when they get, they pop out of the book because they're unconscious, they wake up and Diana's okay. However, her arm, her left arm, which is because she's left handed, basically dead. It's yeah, it's gone. It's, it's all atrophied and in full of holes and gross. And she's a mess. And from there, you have three story arcs going on till the end. One, you have Letty and Tick preparing for this final spell before they have to go to the autumn, the autumnal equinox which he promised to go for christina yep you have to go he promised to go willingly yes you have what's going on with d where d is dealing with the fact that hippolyta left her like she has a she he d needed her because her friend died and then this happened to her and hippolyta was gone hippolyta is trying to be like look i could have been anything i wanted to be i left for years and years and years and i'm gonna i I chose to be a mother. I'm here to help you, and I, you, you will forgive me eventually. And she uses her 200 years knowledge. One, she makes a cool plug for an off an artist, which I thought was really cool because the artist is like, oh my god, you plugged me, hooray! Because actually, she's the one who does the art for all the comics that uh, Diana draws. That's so cool. That was a nice. She's like, yeah, I met a girl, and it's just like it's almost a wink at the camera moment. I like those. But she fixes. What she does is she fixes uh, Dee's arm in a way that you don't expect. Which is awesome. She gets a robotic arm. She gets a robotic arm. And also, uh, Hippolyta has blue hair for the rest of the episode. No one's And like, it's not just blue hair, like a little old lady cotton candy blue. This is like cerulean blue. In the 1950s. People were going to think she's out of her fucking mind. But also, to get that intense of a blue color, if you've ever colored your hair, to get that intense, you have to... Bleach your hair blonde. But we know that's a and wig. And then dye it blue. Right. Or do a wig. But that is blue But for her, hair. it's natural because of whatever, and I like blue. whatever cosmic radiation went through her. Because she's got superpowers and she's super intelligent. Like, she's bajillion smart. Um, you also have George. Not George. You have Montrose being a father, finally. Being like... Son, you don't have to do this. You don't have to deal with this. We just take the book and run. And he's like, no, I gotta protect our family. But I'll be fine. I'll be fine, Dad. I'll be fine, Dad. It's heartbreaking, but I didn't cry. It's yeah, uh, beautiful. It's... You also have Ruby uh, coming back to kind of try it's, to... It's a little feel-good we're actually, I was going to get to that in a moment because we have to talk about it. Ruby is approached by Le- Letty to get a piece of Christina because they actually have to have pieces of one of Samuel, the first Breath White, which they do in a really kind of awesome and horrific and Cthulian scene where they- They re- use their ancestors. To resurrect him and then- And am- trap him. And the first thing he says is, you stupid peep. And- the reason why is I will curse on this like no fucking tomorrow, but I will not say that word. Yeah. No. When Ray's was on here, he could say it. And Rufus, he could say it. I can't say it. So, yeah. But anyway. So he calls them that and he tells Christina, the blanks have the book. And Christina shows up and says, listen, you have the book? Give me the book. I'll leave. I'll find another way. And but the thing is that Tick's like no, just straight no because he knows that she's not gonna she's she's gonna lie because it's a well, I I think that they know when she's telling the truth because she's held up her side of the her end of the bargain, but he knows that there's something bigger at stake, and, he, and if she becomes immortal, there's no stopping her. Yeah, that's a good point I didn't think about, but so they. They talk, uh, Ruby doesn't really forgive her sister, but she you think that she's going to steal from Christina. And then, at the end, they're going to go to Artem, going back to the beginning to meet, in full circle, they're going back to the beginning to meet uh, Christina for the spell and screw her up somehow. Because they need his, uh, the blood of her, the blood of her ancestor, which, is, which they got a piece of in a really horrific way. And then... Uh, they do the spell, and this whatever happens will happen. And Ruby shows up with a vial of what she says is Christina's blood. And they get in the car. And, and I think that everybody thinks, she thinks it is. 
Well, yeah, that's what they we... get in the car and they're heading back to Artem. In a, in a, in and a... it's a, what's the title of this episode? Full circle. So they're in the car on the way to Artem. And what happens is actually, oh, one other thing we forgot. Tick goes to the hotel, which um, G who said she was staying at to settle things with her. Because last time they met, he said what we had was nothing. It was fake. A fancy broke her heart. In this episode, he resolves that and he tells her what we had was real. It was just, I didn't want to believe that I'm going to die. But the thing is, you know what? We're family. What we had was real. And he kind of adopts her into the family and now she's part of their... She's in it. Janai is now one of the, essentially the Freemans. And she could do magic anyway. Yeah. Because she is a, uh, what is the word for her? Nine-tailed... Uh, she is a kim, not Kimoto, Kinohe, Kimo, kum, Kumino. She's a Kumino. She is a Kumino. And it's her with them, with all of them in the station, in George's old station wagon, driving to Artem. And they're sitting there, and it's a very somber moment. This is very tense. The episode's been very, we're getting there. Things are stressed out. And Shaboom comes on the radio. And you first see D starting to sing to it, and then Letty gets on, and then uh, Gian starts singing to it, and then Ruby starts singing to it, and then they get uh, shaboom, shaboom, <laughs> life could be a dream, and they all just start singing to it, and then Montrose is even singing to it, and it's a very joyous and happy moment to the beginning of the end, and it's kind of a, just a very great family moment. And since we're spoiling things anyway, in the first episode, when Ruby's introduced, she's singing at the party. Yeah. And the first thing they say is, hey, sing life could be a dream. And she says, shabu shaboring. She hates that song. So seeing her singing it with a smile kind of is a little bit of a something's up. Yep. But... So they get there early. They start setting their plots up. Dee is going to stay in the car. You have um, them setting all their magical things with salt. And then you have Atticus eating, drinking the vial of quote-unquote blood, eating the piece of flesh they took from his de- his ancestor. And Which then, is disgust. I love when his dad is like, pinch your nose and swallow it. That's what he does. Just pinch your nose and swallow and then you have the girls are just doing the rest of the outlining. And you have Ruby and D, uh, not D, Letty on top of the tower that Mondros was stuck in writing the spell notes. And as they're talking, Letty notices that D's acting weird. And Ruby says, you know, coming up here was good. It almost felt like real family. Because I never really appreciated it before, but now I understand the pull of family. And, or something like that. And then she says, "He says, oh well, it's got it's the the spe-. he says what happens if she starts early? He's like, she won't. She has to wait for the the, the moon to be at its highest, highest point, the witching hour. The minute she says that, we know that, and she admits it. You like, I I promised her your sister I wouldn't hurt you, but you made me kill her. Yeah. So Ruby is dead, and Letty realizes Christina is wearing. It's Christina. I do wish that we saw her burst out of. Uh, Ruby, but I think that they didn't want to do that. Yeah, we had enough of those scenes. But so this. But whole... she just shows up as Christina in a perfect white dress. So it was all a trap to get him there, and he's stuck. And he, she pushes because uh, one thing we forgot to mention is that when they said no to her, the first thing that Christina did, which shows that she's a very petty person, is she took the immortality immediately from. Letty. The protection spell. So she cannot be hurt. She she can be hurt again. And after this incident, she pushes her out of the out of the top of a tower and yeah. essentially kills her. Well, there's a drop down, throw down fight. Yeah. And kills her. Even though she promised uh, Ruby she wasn't going to kill her. And then it comes to the whole, she's gonna, he's going to be sacrificed. She's going to get her immortality. And she essentially slits both of Atticus's wrists while he's tied up to something, and she yeah, gets his her. arms like that. That was a part that I had to turn away on. It's kind of horrific, and she gets her immortality, and then 
Who stabs her in the back? Letty. Because after she dropped to the ground, Christina brought her back to life and gave her the protection spell again. And... Because she had to give the protection spell to somebody in order to do the spell. But, and she had promised, she would just had to fight her to get her off of her. She had to fight L- Letty to get Letty off of her so she could go do her thing. But, she wasn't, I don't, she was trying to fight her. Oh, no, she, she was pissed She was at, beating the poop out of her because... She was pissed at her for making, for making Ruby choose. Right. And, but she didn't want to kill her. Yeah. And if she left the protection spell on her when she was getting punched and stuff, it wouldn't have hurt her. Yeah. Meanwhile, we see, goes back to Dee, who's been sitting in the car all alone. We're hearing creaks around her. And she's going to be attacked. And it's, of course, one of the Shygoths. One of the the white Shygoths we saw at the beginning of the series shows up and it starts attacking the car she's in while she's reading the book, the Lovecraft Country book, which Tick gets in the future from a woman with a metal arm. Wonder who that is now. Yep. And as she's freaking out, suddenly the white Shogoth gets knocked off of the car. And we see the other Shogoth, the one that is to protect the Freeman family, protecting her. Yep. Because he's a good monster. He is a good monster. He's a good boy. And also all the Arden people show up to try to kill uh, Ruby, uh, uh, Hippolyta, uh, Juan, and Montrose. And the thing is, when we see him, these guys with pitchforks and little, like, scythes and stuff, and then you see Hippolyta just go into town. And remember, Hippolyta trained to be a warrior. Yep. So she's just killing people left and right, and Montrose is just like, just keep going. (laughs) And uh, it ends up where they're doing the spell and it's pulling something out of Tick. And you have... It's pulling his life. Out of it, trying to save him. And Chrissy's like, you, it's not going to work. There's nothing you could do. I won. It's over. And you see... Our nine-tail friend. Yep. Juan walks, gets to the stairs and puts one of her tails into... Tick and the other one, she wraps around and stabs into Christina, Christina. So the blood is connected through her. So she's essentially the and that's what they needed, board. right? He had he already consumed the piece of her dad, and he needed to consume a piece of her. And then Letty just breaks down doing the spell, and we see the flashes because she's seeing all the flashes through it, and she sees all Christina's crap. But more importantly, we see Tick what he did. He got rebaptized before because he was afraid he was going to die and go to hell. He gave the protection spell to because they had they were keeping the Shogoth in their basement. Uh, they connected the Shogoth to D, and then a couple of other things that he did throughout time to make sure he was okay. And it ends where Christina loses her immortality and is crushed by a bunch of rocks, and she's still alive, but she's dying slowly. Yeah. And... And she doesn't have her protection. Nope. And they just leave her to die. And Atticus is dead. Yep. He's dead. He died. But the thing is, we find out what the spell was for. It wasn't to save Atticus. What they did is so much... For someone who likes... Who magic is their life, this is really cruel. They bound the magic. And it was then only for black people. No. None. No, it's all white people have been disconnected from it. Not all black people, but all... No white person can ever do magic. Which is kind of, Well, technically they said it was only the Freemans can do it. But yeah. So they've made it so she can't get her powers back. And the last thing is that Montrose is trying to wake up Tick because he thinks that you're going to be okay, boy. Tick, Atticus, come on. And there's a letter written for him which he quotes... The ending of Count of Dumas, or Count of Monte Cristo, where he says, Live. You gotta live for your grandson and be yep. the father you couldn't be for me. And it's really heartbreaking. And that's where the series ends. The last thing is that uh, Christina gets killed by Dee because she's pissed off that she lost her mother, she lost her co- cousin, and more importantly, her dad was killed by this lady. Yep. So she, she kills Christina with her new robo arm and the the black shy goth howls in the moonlight and that's where the series ends so it could be that d's the next big villain even though i doubt that because of the te- because of wibbly wibbly timey wimey stuff 
because Bootstrap Paradox, she's the one that gives Tick his book, so. So I think it needs to continue on with D. No. The way it ends, everything has been resolved. All the plot points have been resolved. The only people who have it left are the main characters. No one else has magic. There's no other villains. I don't want to see Juwan die, and Tick is dead. They really... It's a really great episode. I think it's... And it is fully full circle. There's a lot of little Easter eggs in this. It And everything has been wrapped up in a night. It was an excellent show. It's a, It was a really good sh- se- season and a really good show. And... I'm sad that it's over. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you'll be sad. But I'm happy that it's not drowning on for like 10 years. Like, I don't want to wait 10 years to get the resolution. Yes, that's it exactly. And while I would have liked more of a more Cthulian and Lovecraftian horror in this, I'm fine with it. There was a lot of horror in the earlier episodes. Yeah, but Lovecraftian horror is a little more like you don't understand what's going on. It drives you mad type horror. You didn't yeah. really see that in this. Oh, yeah, I'm happy about that. It's more like just Diagon-esque. And, but anyway, so really worth watching. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, and as usual, we spent a long time talking about this one. But yeah, really, really, really fucking cool. Totally worth watching. And so now we said we weren't going to even spoil Hellstrom the first five episodes. Uh, the big thing is that the dad is essentially returned as super demon guy eating things, and the more powerful of the two is Damien, even though he can't do anything. We know that the mom is possessed by a demon, that she's a demon, and yeah, that's it. Nothing. It's it's just not really... When we started watching it, I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop watching it, because I need to know that the monster dies in the end. But now that I've been... You're halfway. It's like you don't care. It's not like a you. It's not like Lovecraft Country where you have to. It's like, eh. Yeah, I'm good. Like, mm. yeah, I, I'm gonna watch it because I'm a completionist. But I honestly, mm. I'm okay missing some. Here's what I will say about the series so far. It's better than Iron Fist, which that's not saying much because Iron Fist was a fucking dumpster fire. Uh, I mean, a potato. I feel like it's appropriate that we're watching this in October. Yeah. But I don't feel the need to watch this in, like, December. Yes. Uh, Good thing is that next week, um, it's going to be a little bit lighter. I don't think we have much to talk about for next week. Because Lovecraft Country's over. Lovecraft Country's over. But the week afterwards, we get to start talking about Mandos. Yay! And Halloween stuff. Also, a fun little fact, uh, something cool we're going to be doing is that we're going to be, since we did the Witches review already, the next film is going to be a fun one. About, um, what is it? Uh, huh? I forgot, I forgot the stupid the spell freaking lyrics. I'm gonna put a spell on you. Yes. Yeah, so we had the witches, and now we're gonna have, before Halloween, we have the Hoka Pokers. Man, it's a good movie. That movie holds up. Well, we'll talk about that in our review. We don't want to give it away now. Anyway, so now let's get to the final thing, which is Dancing with the Stars. And let's be honest, I'm actually really happy how that ended because when we found out that one of our favorite car- favorite dancers and actresses was on the bottom, we were horrified because we are like, she's going home. And we quickly voted. A lot. All of our votes. Yes. And she did not end up because she was at the bottom of the barrel, but she did not even end on the bottom two, which was insane. I... She had three sixes, which that's the kiss of death. The only negative thing I have to say, which bothered me the whole time she was dancing, she did the Viennese waltz. It's a fun, fluffy. No, no, no. she did. She did cha cha cha, cha cha cha. Sky did cha cha cha. Oh, Sky. Yeah, sorry. I thought we were talking about. No, we're talking about the worst. We're talking about Sky. Sky yeah. was at the bottom. She which tripped sucked. up. Sucked. She had eighteen points, and she did not get eliminated, which I was happy about. K-pop is a good look on her. She's a teen. Uh, but the bottom, the two that were at the bottom two was Johnny and Britt, which I was shocked because a lot of people were shocked at because last week Johnny had the first ten of the season. Yeah, but that that was in contemporary, it, which is a, a different kind of dance. This was salsa, and he's terrible because his whole thing is he's more of a. Let's be honest, you have to, salsa. You got to move your hips. It's hips, and you got to stay on the. And ground. I don't think ice skaters are supposed to be moving their hips. Yeah, and you're supposed to stay on the ground, and he couldn't stay on the ground. 
Uh-huh. He's got to be up in the air doing things, and that's not how the dance works. I mean, still, it's a re- it's it's a pretty good uh, score he got. He got seven eight seven, but still, it's it was pretty bad. It was his worst dance. Yeah, and then Vernon and Peta, who did Celebration, they got all sevens, but they got kicked out because they were the bottom two. And his was he's he was good. It's just he's still kind of robotic. And they said, like, the thing was, Bruno was like, I feel so bad. I want both of you to go on further. And he actually meant it because he was, like, excited to see what he'd come up with next and week. And it was, it was down to the third judge on who to save. You know, bottom two, and then who did they save? And it wasn't unanimous. It was split. Yeah. Like, it made sense that Derek would go with Johnny. It made 100% because they're both compete, uh, competition people. He thinks more technically, and I think that uh, Caroline and Inaba thinks more of their heart. Like she's like, okay, he has. No, the but pot- I also think it's like where where they they who do they save? Who has more potential to go on and continue to do better? Like it just wasn't his genre of dance. He'll continue to go on and do better. Yeah, I think that Vernon would have done better, but eh, that's uh, you know. My only, like, real big complaint was Justina's dress. I thought she looked beautiful, and I love her little cute figure, but, like, the, the Vien- she did the Viennese waltz, and that's that the fluffy dress, that's the princess dance, and it had these great floaty boas on the skirt of the dress, but they had, like, it added all this unnecessary volume to her hips and butt. They just should have had that on the bottom section. And had it be more floaty at the bottom because it didn't even move around her hips and butt. That's the only thing let's, I had to say. Let's be honest. She still looked good in it, but no, they could have did, done it better. It didn't matter. You know why? Because she was tied. She was the top three. She was tied. I think. She should have. She did a she did killer the best, job. She did the best out of the three. Because the top three was Monica and Val. Who we I want. still loved the dress, too. It's just they could have done we better. Who we want gone. And Caitlin and Artem, who we want gone. So it's like... I'm sorry if I talk about the clothes too much. Yeah, but I think that they were they were good. Um, AJ did a pretty good job with Bihente doing a samba, and they loved him for it. And Nelly, they were like saying, "We just who knew?" He was like, "He's like you treat your 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 dance partner, you treat your woman like a princess." And he's like, "And it was." You look at videos of him when he's younger, and now I think that him becoming a parent has kind of like calmed him the hell down. Oh yeah, big time. Probably the best thing for him. Yeah, so what's going to happen next? Who's going to get further? We don't know. We're excited. Uh, we never thought we would say out loud, Nelly, dance the Viennese waltz. Next week's going to be pretty awesome. I'm excited to see where it goes. So with that, so I guess that's it. So that's I'm real- excited to see Justina as a villain because she's so happy and bubbly. And Oh, we completely forgot. Jeannie. Jeannie Mai. The I one, love her. The thing is, she, she brings, she gets everyone to smile, and more importantly, every single dance, she's a different character, and we love that. I love her. And this is, unlike with Mass Singer, this is a show you could watch over and over again, because the dances are so intriguing. Plus, who doesn't want to go back and look at Carol... What's her name? <laughs> no, Baskin? No, those episodes don't exist. Who wants to go back and watch Carol Baskin in a lion costume awkwardly walk around oh that was horrifying uh that's it uh but yeah so that's it for this episode um yeah let me know what you guys uh think if you're watching these who you think is gonna make your who's your top for each show what do you think did you like lovecraft country did you not i think the random question of the day is either gonna be should there be a season two of lovecraft country or uh should they have just taking the money from Hellstrom and done something else. Let us know. Season 2. Lovecraft Country. Anyway, so with that in mind... I'm Greta. I'm Zan, and we're Gonesville. Catch you guys next time. Keep watching TV, and keep listening to the podcast. Bye. Bye.